Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Brian, good morning to you. Sorry, we were off to a bit of a bumpy start. Not sure why uh, we're having these connection issues, but great to finally have you on the line. It must be something to do with the water. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good know, one, Brian. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yes. I'm carrying on where I left off last week, explaining to people the impact of the increase in the rand mm. and the petrol price and, and possible interest rates going up. Uh, I had quite a few calls during the week for people asking me about how do they approach a debt counsellor? What do they do? Um, and I really wanted to just add that to what I discussed last week about people understanding what their debt is, what's good and healthy debt, what's bad debt particularly, you know, your home, your car, you've got to have that debt. It's a a necessary, it's not a nice to have it. You've got to have it. You can't have a home or car without it. Mm -hmm. But all the other debt we build are credit card debt and unsecured debt. That's really what I'd like to talk about this morning. All right. I I certainly don't have a a, a problem with that, Brian. And um, some of our listeners, so just before we started this conversation, we're talking about uh, this issue of the the ANC employees not being paid. And one of our listeners is being silly, and he says, Kathy, please ask Brian what advice he has for the ANC (laughs) about finance and how to pay their employees. I just wanted to put it out there, but you can go ahead, Brian. (laughs) Kathy, I must tell you, I'm horrified about that story. How can be, how can ANC or any employee not be paid? I mean, you know, I understand that they've got recourse, they've got to go to CCMA, but I mean, I would be embarrassed, uh, you know, if this was the case and employees weren't being paid. And, you know, they've all got debit orders and they've got debt and they've got food to put on the table. Where are they getting their money from? So I really have, and I'm gobsmacked when it comes to that. But I just want to go back to the most important thing if you do have debt. And many people have built up debt over the last two years. The first thing you need to do is you need to communicate with the people who provided you with finance. Don't think you can sweep it under the carpet. Don't think it's going to disappear. It's not. And those who contact their creditors and say, look, we're unable to to pay this debt. Let's find a way of resolving the problem. But all I can say is talk to whoever you owe money to. It's when you talk to someone and you tell them that you haven't got a plan at the moment, but you'll come up with a plan, and when you have money, tell them your circumstances. You don't have to be scared to be a victim. Many people are a victim to shorter, to, to where they don't have money. And it's, 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 if you don't do something, you will, there will be ramifications. However, if you talk to first you must talk to the credit provider and resolve your problem before you can apply for debt counselling. But debt counselling does work. And um, uh, and firstly, only approach a debt counsellor if you cannot get help from your major credit providers or banks. In other words, if you're finding that you're not getting anywhere with the people you're talking to who you owe money to, then it's advisable to approach a debt counsellor. They're experienced, they do charge, but they have knowledge, they now deal with it, once you go into debt counselling, you also have some rights which does protect you. Um, and if you earn below, I think it's two and a half or three thousand, note that the National Credit Regulator has set up a fund to also pay for your debt counselling fees. So you need to inquire about this from your debt counsellor. When you speak to your debt counsellor, you need to ask them 
you know, is it about this fund that has been set up? Remember that a debt counsellor must disclose the fees up front to you before you can go under debt counselling, and you must insist on getting this information. You have also the right to negotiate this fee, and you must exercise this right. Don't just accept the first uh, price you get. In most instances, more than one debt counsellor in your area, and you have a choice. And I think this negotiating tool is very important. And if a debt counsellor insists on charging exorbitant fees, you have the right to appoint another debt counsellor. So from that point of view, when approaching a debt counsellor, they will, you must have all your information, all the money you owe. You must also give them all the information where you've attempted to settle and find a solution with your credit provider. The more information you give the debt counsellor, the more they will be in a position to negotiate on your behalf. And then lastly, you're going to get an agreement from your debt counsellor. Make sure that you read that agreement and you understand the terms and conditions um, and, and it also set out all future fees. But there's nothing to be ashamed to be talking to a debt counsellor uh, and you can get that, if you can find out from the National Credit, Credit Regulator's Office who, where there's a debt counsellor in your area. But I, I, it's very advisable because a lot of people are in debt. I explained last week about the percentage of working South Africans who are struggling. I mean, we saw that when they wanted to borrow on their pension funds. They, they, the only people contributing to pension funds are people who are working, and they short the money. We're not even talking about the people who are out of work. We're just talking about those who are struggling and finding uh, that thing to make ends meet. It's good to, one, and I'll repeat, communicate with your credit provider. Two, don't contact the debt counsellor. Find out what they're going to charge and help get them help you negotiate yourself out of this problem or get a moratorium for a period of time. We're talking about how to manage debt with uh, uh, Brian Hirsch for our finance session for today. And I see uh, I'm already getting some messages on this issue, Brian. Uh, remember, you can contact us on 011-714-2006. Uh, that's where I'll take your calls. Alternatively, on the WhatsApp line, it's 614 Let me go to Smangele in Soweto. Good morning. Morning, Chessie. Hi. I, nice to surprise, please. I suppose he's, yes, he's yes, he's, he's on the line. Morning, yes, I good, good morning, Brian. I phoned you a few weeks ago when we were talking about wills. You know, I told you that the lawyer that was handling my mother's estate, you know, it's 27 years down the line. He said we should now bring 11,000 for us for the title deeds. Now, when I went there to find out exactly what we we're paying for, he actually gave me a bill for 46,787. He has listed all these things, lost to VA, lost deed, whatever, um, you know, big amounts, post and purchase to transfer estate in 8,280, clearance certificate 11,000. It's quite a lot of money. It comes to 46,787.75. I don't know if this is right because I haven't got this money. Um, tell me something. Is this part of winding up your mother's estate? Yes, this is part of my mother's estate because she hasn't owned it up in 27 years' time. Now I've been going on to him all the time to wind it up. Now he comes up with this thing that he finally got the, the you know, the title deed from from press. Now okay. I've got Look, to pay him 46787 yeah. Okay. Then, then let me stop you there. I'm going to ask our, 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 our producer just to take you back and ask him to take down your phone number. 
please check that the phone number we take down is correct because it was last week I got a phone call from someone whose parent, father's disabled, and I mentioned last week we got his phone number. I tried to phone him on numerous occasions and there was no answer. So please give us your phone number. Mm. He'll pass your number on to me and you can, I can discuss this off air and I can see whether I can talk to the, see what it's all about and then maybe be able to help you talk to the lawyer or whatever the case may be. Oh, I appreciate that very much, Brian. Thank okay. you. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks for that call, Smangele. Uh, I've got a yeah. message here for you, Brian. It says, uh, me and my wife are under debt review when we check the monthly statement from our debt council company. It is not moving at the pace that we thought it would be. My question is, how should we manage this process so that we become disciplined to it and how best can we assess um, the the different movement? And it's a message from Ron in Bloemfontein. Well, well, well Ron, are you, I'm not sure if you, if you mentioned that you're, debt, you're not getting the service from your debt counselor, but I think what you should do is you should actually write it, put, send the note to the debt counselor it's telling them what your expectations were and asking them to explain why they are not being met. And and you have the right to change from one debt counsellor to another if you're not getting the service that you expect. So, so, so that's so, what... Yeah, so I think he's mostly talking about the fact that they are not uh, moving at the pace that they thought they would be. You mean you mean settling the debt? Yes. Well, well, setting the debt is in terms of the agreement that has been entered into with the credit provider. Sometimes you're able to negotiate, a, you know, you've got a debt of 2,000 Rand and they're prepared to take a settlement to 1,200. But that's, that's a discussion between the credit provider or the debt counsellor and the individual. I mean, you, you're not, if you're not paying money, if, you, if you're expecting to pay 1,000 and you only pay 500 Rand a month, then obviously your debt's not going to come down at the rate you thought it was going to come down. But those are the, that's the information. You know, when the debt counselor puts the plan together and they just say to you, okay, this is what you need to pay, you need to make sure that that amount is being paid and is it being paid to the debt counselor who's then paying all the different creditors you may have. But these are discussions you just either have to have with your creditors or directly with the debt counselor who's helping you uh, resolve your, your, your situation. You know, what okay. happens with debt counselling? You, you sort of, everything goes under that debt counsellor. So if you've got five or six bills, you're not going to get letters from all these companies because they are now ne- negotiating and they're getting all the information from one source. And that one source is now informing them of all your debts. Sometimes people are getting into debt when they shouldn't even be allowed to be given that credit. Now, as you understand, today, if some, any organisation gives you credit and they haven't assessed fully that you're in a position to pay back that debt, they have no recourse against you whatsoever. They have no right under the National Credit Act to provide you with that debt to start with. I have a situation where the woman got herself into a lot of debt, 396000 She earns 29000 Rand. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even own a home. And they... and, and uh, and she's got herself into debt. The bank, the particular bank, had no right to lend her that money. Now, she's sure. a bit embarrassed to go back to that bank and say mm-hmm. to the bank, look, you know, under the National Credit Act, you had no right to give it to me. She doesn't want to get a black name, uh, black mark against the name. But I've said to you, you need to. They had no right to give you that credit. All right. Brian, we're going to pause it there. Let me take the latest news headlines. All right, so so let's just continue our conversation then, talking finance with Brian Hirsch. Uh, Brian, I've got a couple of callers for you on this issue of debt counselling. Eric in Durban, good morning. For you on this issue of debt counselling. Eric in Durban, good morning. For you on this issue.
Morning, morning, Katie. How are you? I'm all right. I'll be, I'm all right, but I'll be better when you turn your radio down, Eric. <laughs> uh, you can hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay. What, what I like to find out from Brian, whenever you see that you, your data is going higher and higher and uh, maybe you can try, maybe you're self-employed and you can try... Uh, to borrow some money to boost your business or what. Uh, it won't uh, give you a problem whenever you go to this counselor, whenever you want to go to the bank. So, sorry, Eric, just explain what what exactly your question is. I mean, I, I mean that whenever you, you want to, to you, you see your debt are going higher and yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you go to debt counselor mm. as you self-employed, it won't give you a problem whenever you want to go to the bank now. You want it, just close your doors at the bank. Okay. L- let me get Brian to answer that question. Brian? Kathy, I got lost in that question. So, so what he's asking is, if you see your debt is increasing and you want to approach a debt counselor, but you are self-employed, will it not give you an issue when you want to um, have access to other banking services, I'm assuming probably um, including yes. credit with yes. a bank. It, yes, uh, yes, it definitely will. The mm-hmm. minute you go to a debt counsellor and you tell you know that, and, and you let the bank know you're in trouble, you're going to have a problem getting future credit. And and and, and furthermore, understand the bank have the right to also if you borrowed money from the bank, certainly in a business, the bank has the right to reduce your overdraft and make you repay your overdraft uh, or reduce that number. It puts a lot of pressure. Yes, you've got to understand, debt counselling means I cannot, I, I cannot pay my debts. I need someone to negotiate for me uh, terms and conditions. I may, I may need to have a moratorium. It's certainly going to, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to get judgment taken against you, but you certainly are going to find that the banks aren't willing to give you money in the future. So, you know, and when you say you're increasing your, 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 your debt, surely, mm. um, in this case, Derek, the bank is asking for more security. Not just, they can't just give you additional uh, funds without checking that you actually have the ability. Because if the bank gives you money without doing any checks, then the bank's got no recourse, as I said early on, to come, to come after you. But always understand that anything to do with debt counselling will impact on, uh, on your current attempt get any further credit. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. Let me go to Umlazi. Sponelo, good morning. Morning, Kathy. Morning, yes. uh, Brian. Morning. Morning. Hey, I, I have a small problem. It's not so much a question, but uh, just adding on. Mm. Um, I think it's very difficult for one to comprehend how dangerous death can be and how positive it can be in your life. The only problem we have is that people don't understand what money is and what debt is and what it does and what it's capable of doing. What people normally do is mismatch debt. People will take a personal loan to buy a property. People will take a personal loan to fund stuff that they can't, they can't fund. You cannot buy groceries with a credit card, which you're going to be paying for over 18 months. So what normally happens is that people don't really want to understand what money is and what money does. 
That's why you have that a lot of people are in debt and don't understand why they're in debt and how they can get out of it. Mm. Brian, Look, do ab- you think... You're, you're, yeah? Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right about that. But just understand, you know, there, there have been unfortunate circumstances over the last 24 months. People have lost their jobs. People's salaries have been reduced. People have been laid off for periods of time. So, the, and... and, and 24 months ago, they may have had a very good budget. Their budget indicated that they could pay off their debt. We've had interest rates come down. Now, the, the biggest problem is twofold. One is people don't have a budget. They don't work out exactly, and they don't take into account that there are going to be extras every month. I mean, there's always extras, always going to happen. That's the first thing that you need to understand about debt. The second thing you need to also understand about debt is interest rates go up, and you have and you have debt your debt cost is going to go up and the cost of living is rising all the time. So you, you've, got to, you've got to realise that those are the dangers of taking on debt. And it's without that budget, as I've stressed on numerous occasions, people have said, you've got to do a budget. And your budget's got to take, these are my monthly expenses, these are the expenses I'm going to have during the course of the year. Divide that by 12. What is that? How much does that come to? And how does that compare against my salary? And you're right, that's the absolute starting point when when you take this on uh, and people don't always realise uh, what that's all about and people rely and by the way the worst thing you can ever do is take uh, credit on your credit on your credit card and I can tell you what amazes me when I shop I get that little notice on the on the machine mm. is this to pay in full or budget but I- exactly what you say so many people are putting food on a budget account and with that rates of interest. And it's just, and every month you're doing that, you're just building up more and more debt without realizing. Mm. All right, thanks, thanks for that uh, call and and for that advice, Brian. I've got a message here from Bramoro who says, uh, Kathy, if I have poor uh, a poor debt record and I'm unemployed, but my wife is clean, can her cleanness help us buy a house? Or apply for a loan while we're married in community of property. Well, community of property means that whatever your debts are, your wife shares in those debts. That's what community of property is. We share in the assets, we share in the liabilities. So I, I can tell you that if, if you marry in community property and you've got debt and your wife hasn't, it would be a problem because half that debt actually belongs to your wife. Thank you so much uh, for that, Brian. Uh, we've okay, come to the you. end of our session. Do you want to give your details before you go? Yeah, it's, uh, you can get me 011-880-4888. And again, I repeat, please leave all your numbers and the area you are phoning from because, again, this week, a few number, people who called me didn't leave the area. I couldn't get hold of them, and I couldn't pass on your question. Thanks, Kathy. Have a lovely week and see you next week. All right. Same to you, Brian. We'll certainly um, continue to have that conversation. Uh, Some of you sending in messages about this issue of debt. One listener says, the big issue with debt amongst young people is that no one teaches the youth about money, budgeting, etc. It should be part of life orientation programs at school. 